Hey everybody, this is Michael Hurst and welcome to my Curious, Unusual, and Extraordinary podcast. Some of you may know me from my books or albums or PBS series, uh, and some of you may have just stumbled on this because you like the picture of the axolotl that's on the cover. Any way you shake it, I am so happy you are here, and now I'm going to play the intro music and put on my radio voice. All right, then. For this first episode, I'd like to talk about Harry Houdini, the death-defying escape artist and master mystifier who astonished audiences all over the world with his escapes from ropes, chains, handcuffs, straitjackets, just about whatever you can think of, often while hanging upside down or submerged in a tank of water. And here, I need to take a quick moment to say, kids, please don't try this stuff at home. Let's go back to the year 1890, where a 16-year-old boy, an immigrant from Hungary named Eric Weiss, is living in New York City and performing magic with his good buddy Jacob Hyman. Together, they called themselves the Brothers Houdini. Soon enough, however, Eric fell in love with a woman named Bess Ronner, who he also performed magic with. But it became apparent very quickly that people were much more interested in Eric's escape tricks than his magic. So he began focusing on such grand delusions as shattering iron chains and wiggling his way out of a straitjacket, often while facing nail-biting situations such as dangling high above a sidewalk. And with extensive touring and a lot of press, Houdini ultimately became the most famous magician and escape artist in the world. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. What were some of the insane tricks that Harry Houdini did? To explain some of his extraordinary feats and give us a little more insight into the man himself, I've decided to call John Cox, who is a Houdini historian and has a website called Wild About Harry. And from what I can tell, this is pretty much the definitive Harry Houdini website. I mean, there's information about his childhood, his early career, his family, his acting career, his physical traits, and of course, just about every escape and trick Houdini had up his sleeve. John, is there anything you don't know about Harry Houdini. You know, it's funny. I've studied Houdini my entire life, and I feel like I'm only just beginning to understand. There's lots that I don't know about Houdini. You know, it's kind of the old saying of the more you uh, study, the more you realize that there are things left to learn. Okay, so on that note, what is your favorite uh, escape or trick of Houdini's? You know, you got to go with the, uh, with the water torture cell. And that was a feat in which Houdini was feet were locked in stocks. He was raised upside down and he was dumped headfirst into a tank of water with a glass front so the audience could see him inside. And then the stocks were locked to the tank. And it was a small tank, so he was just absolutely pinned inside there. And it was covered with, with, a, with a cabinet and then he emerged uh, free with the tank still locked behind him. That was really his masterpiece. 
He really loved the upside down thing. I feel like so many of his escapes were upside down. It, it was, and I think that's sort of part of his genius, is that he seemed to have come to the upside down uh, uh, thing around the time of the water torture cell. And, uh, and then, of course, he did his straitjacket escapes upside down, suspended from tall buildings. It just it adds a layer of difficulty, doesn't it? A masterstroke of his, and to this day, so much of Houdini's imagery is represented as being a person upside down. Well, for now on, I am going to do everything upside down as well. Give us another one. What else do you have? Um, one of the things he did, one of the things that I still find an amazing uh, escape was when he performed in Washington, D.C., he uh, went to the uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, jail and um, told them that he would like to try and escape from one of their cells. And they actually brought him to uh, a, a stretch of the jail called Murderer's Row. And this is where murderers were kept, who were awaiting execution. This is a serious place. And they brought him to the cell that had actually held the assassin of President Garfield. So this is the most secure cell in the most secure jail in Washington, D.C. And believe it or not, that cell was occupied by a murderer at the time, who they left inside there. And so what they did was uh, Houdini stripped completely naked. They had a doctor examine him to make sure that he had no picks, no keys, nothing on him. They shackled him thoroughly, hand and foot. They locked him inside this jail cell with this murderer, and they left him. Within minutes, not only had Houdini escaped and dressed, but he had opened all the cells on the cell block and he had switched all the murderers from one cell to the next. What? That is insane. And you know how he did that, we have no idea. At this point in the show, I'd like to bring in another special guest, Somebody who has a few questions. Hi, Michael Hurst. This is Hollis. Well, hello, Hollis. It's so great to have you. What's your question? How did Harry Houdini die? Well, that's a big question, and one that a lot of people are confused about. Let's ask our Houdini historian, John Cox. John, did Harry Houdini die from one of his escape tricks, or how did he die? Well, he didn't die from one of his escapes. That, that's a little bit of Houdini mythology, but he did have a death that's mysterious and controversial. Um, what happened was that Houdini traveled to Montreal to, to give a show, and he gave a lecture at a nearby university, McGill University. And while he was there, he boasted that he could be punched in the stomach and withstand the blow. He was very proud of his physique, and he actually demonstrated it at this lecture. Um, later, he invited a couple students to visit him in his dressing room. While they were there, a, a third student joined, a man named Jay Gordon Whitehead. And during the course of the conversation, Houdini was laying on his cot reading his mail, and Whitehead asked him, I, I hear it's true, you can be punched in the stomach and withstand the blow. And Houdini said, yes, that's true. And Whitehead sort of took this as an invitation and kind of came at him and started hitting him several times hard in the stomach before Houdini had a chance to brace himself. Uh, after this happened, Houdini was experiencing pain in his stomach, uh, but the pain continued to get worse and worse and worse. He was traveling to Detroit to do another show, and on the train, he finally decided to call a doctor. Uh, the doctor met them at the theater, told Houdini he should probably go to the hospital right away, but the theater was sold out, and you know, the old, the show must go on. And Houdini went on that night with a 104 degree temperature and what turned out to be a ruptured appendix. He ended up going to the hospital, they operated, and they discovered that he had had appendicitis. Houdini lingered, 
and he fought off the infection and he lived much longer than the doctors uh, thought he would but he ended up dying on of all days halloween well there you have it hollis yeesh so john on that note now i'm curious if there's anything else you could learn about houdini what would it be there's still still some things about his feats that, I, that I'd like to know. We still don't know how he did a lot of things. And it's not just to know how he did his tricks, because I'm kind of fine with not knowing how magicians do things. But when you learn how he accomplished something like that, you learn a little bit about him. You know, you realize, was he just a, an incredible engineer or was he an incredible trickster? So in, in, in those ways, you learn more about the person by learning, you know, about their methods. Well, I've always thought he was, you know, probably a combination of both of those things. But that's that's exactly it. Is is you know one of the reasons why Houdini still captivates people today is because we still don't know how many of his escapes actually worked. He is still so much a part of our culture, and he still is considered the greatest magician of all time. And I think that's because, yeah, we don't know how he did some of his things. But also, his feats still amaze. You can describe a Houdini escape, and it will still amaze an audience, because he's still doing the job. He's still perplexing a modern audience, even though he's been dead for 91 years. Well, that feels like it should be the end of the show. But I really don't want to end there. In fact, I want to let Hollis ask one more question. Hollis, what you got? Did he like cats? That is an excellent question, and I think I can answer this one myself. So I don't know that Houdini ever had cats, but he definitely loved animals. In fact, on John Cox's website, Wild About Harry, there's a page that talks about exactly that. Apparently, he had a white Pomeranian dog named Charlie, who was given to the Houdinis by the Grand Duke of Russia in 1903. And he loved this dog so much that he took it with him while on tour. This meant having to hide the dog while crossing borders. And oh yeah, Houdini had an aviary in his house, filled with birds, including a talking parrot named Laura. But one of my favorite stories, which has nothing to do with cats, <laughs> is that after Houdini's death, his wife Bess kept a parrot named Pat Houdini, who supposedly learned how to pick locks while watching its master. According to the New York Times, the bird eventually picked the lock to its own cage and disappeared into the Hollywood Hills, singing as he soared away.
huge thanks to John Cox, whose website, Wild About Harry, can be found at wildabouthoudini.com. Also, a big thanks to Hollis for her incredible questions. The song you heard is called Harry Houdini. Imagine that. It features guest vocals by Alyssa Lamb and can be found on the album Songs for Extraordinary People. All my albums and books can be found at michaelhurst.com. And here I should point out you can support this podcast through Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you later, alligator.